Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so David in life. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. D- David delight. D- David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight brought to you by expandtheboxscore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our position and player profiles, and we're going to continue on with the wide receiver position inside the Big Ten. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Had a blast covering the uh, incoming rookies You know, over the last couple of weeks, going through all the draft stuff. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, but excited to get back into the the Devi aspect of it, kind of what we what we've been doing for for months now, really um, doing it for a while. So excited to get back into the Big Ten, definitely the receivers. Yeah, excited. for me, me, me as well. Like it, it's it was nice talking about the guys. It's nice getting into the draft class. It's talking about their their landing spots and stuff like that. But I feel like we have enough material out there for you guys to hear for us to go into your pending rookie drafts. We have a lot. We had the, you know, the entire episode the week before where we talked about the class as a, you know, collective whole last mm-hmm. week, we gave you some spoilers. So I'm rather excited to kind of really just jump into this class again, which there's a lot of talent inside the big 10. Um, I didn't know this until I, I knew this a little bit, but I forgot about it. Like Brian Hartline's the wide receiver coach in Ohio state, which, you know, the same Brian Hartline that used to be, you know, the wide receiver for the uh, Miami Dolphins. Like, it's kind of crazy to me to watch um, Ohio State kind of turn into wide receiver U. Mm-hmm. I think every draft since 2012, they've had a wide receiver taken in the draft, which is that's a pretty impressive stat, you know what I'm saying? So it's pretty crazy. And, of course, the big news of the last 24 hours is um, Tua's little brother, Tyolia, um, entered the transfer portal. For me personally, and I'll let you give your opinion, it doesn't really come much of a surprise, right? Yeah. Bryce Young is is legit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that he realized that he was not going to be able to take that job. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it might have been. So coming in as a freshman, um, it uh, which is where he was, it, it's, it's hard to start unless you are one of those five-star top prospects. And obviously having Tua there, your older brother – you're not starting over him, obviously. 
And then even having Mac Jones there, um, he probably wasn't even going to start over him. So the, the competition was was definitely deep. Um, it's not a shock to me either that he's transferring out. It's just going to be interesting to see where he goes. Um, it, you got to think he's going to try and go somewhere where he can play immediately, where he can start. You know, So does that mean he leaves the SEC altogether? Does that mean he goes to a lower tiered program in the SEC? Like, I'm just interested to see if he even leaves conference. Because I know sometimes um programs will try and put some form of like a block on a player to where you can't go in the conference um etc cetera, etc cetera. i i don't know if saban would necessarily do that maybe he would um but i'm i'm interested in seeing i have not heard any rumors or seen anything about where potential landing destinations are so it's going to be interesting to see um i i think he's got the talent you know it's it's there but at the same time um we haven't seen him fully on the college football field so i don't know man um, it's not shocking ultimately no. it's not shocking at all no not at all I, I think that he has the ability to make plays and stuff like that but like he's gonna have to i think that he has to go down to one of these lower schools not not lower you know the division two i'm just talking about one of these smaller schools where he's gonna have the opportunity to walk in and and play because right now tra- entering the transfer portal right now is kind of scary you know what i'm saying yeah like, in this time frame this is a lost year again for him really if you think about it you know mm-hmm. what i mean like a, he's it's already almost june the season is potentially starting rather soon as well so it's going to be interesting to see, and it's interesting to see what, what's going to happen this year. You know what I mean? With, with college football as a collective whole, it's kind of scary to think that um, are we going to get a season? If we do get a season, what kind of season we look like? I'm at a point now where I'm like, I really don't care whether there's fans in the stands or not. Just yeah. football, please. Like, please, pretty please. Well, and the other thing is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like JT Daniels, he's still in the portal, right? He hasn't. Yep committed to a school so and i would put if i was a a college coach a college program personally i'd rather have jt daniels you know what i mean so it's kind of like that would be a spot um that could have been a potential fit for 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 him that that's gone now so i don't know it's just it's just a weird time one because of what's going on in the world and two it's just kind of later into the the aspect of everything so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that all pans out in the end I agree 100%. I'm excited about it. But let's go ahead and talk about these uh, Big Ten wide receivers and go ahead and kick us off with your receiver. Yeah, so the guy that I'm going to touch base on um, is David Bell out of Purdue. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. He was the um, 113th ranked player in his class, 19th ranked wide receiver, and number two ranked player in Indiana, 6'2", 210. So um, got some good size to him. I like the weight, you know, 210. Um, I'm sure he'll put on a little bit more, a little bit more weight as well. Um, last season, he had a 26% uh, dominator rating. He had an absolutely phenomenal year. What I did notice though, and I was very curious about this. So Rondell Moore, um, played early on, right? He played early in the season and then, um, he ended up uh, getting hurt, you know, and kind of missed the, the remainder of the season played basically weeks one through three and then week five as well. That's Rondell Moore. First two weeks, Rondell Moore just blew it up, right? He did exactly what we thought he would do, which is absolutely phenomenal, which, eight into what David Bell was doing. So when David Bell essentially, I'm sorry, when Rondell Moore essentially 
wasn't there anymore per se. That's when David Bell really, really kicked things off. Because the first couple of weeks, Bell just had some some mediocre stats. I mean, I think he had a game with like 87 receiving yards. That's no slouch at all. But week five against Minnesota, that's when he had his real breakout game. He had 16 targets, nine receptions, only 56.3 um, catch percent there. But he had 126 receiving yards, kind of for six first downs. He had, and then from there, it just it just went up. Next uh, week seven against Maryland, 138 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Um, against Iowa, he had 17 targets, 13 receptions, 197 yards, and one touchdown. And then from there, Northwestern and Wisconsin, he had 20 targets. Those were Rondell Moore's stats, right? He was getting those type of targets. So David Bell literally jumped in and took those targets that Rondell Moore was going to have and essentially had that same type of season. So I absolutely loved what I saw from there. And a part of me, when I was going through this, I was a little bit concerned with Rondell Moore coming back, how is that going to work? But, but I, I look at other programs, right? Two receivers of that caliber talent. It's going to be scary. You've got two receivers that are capable of getting. So for example, if a quarterback throws the ball, let's call it 35 times a game. You got to think those guys combined are getting 90% of the targets. So it's one of those things where they both could see 13 to 17 targets a game could both go for, 100 plus yards and a touchdown each right that that's something phenomenal that opens up the running game it's going to help the offense as a whole so i'm actually very very excited to see how they they you know play together on the field um and it, well, a guy that we'll get into later it was voted on twitter but the rashad bateman thing i'll get into it but him and tyler johnson showed that to me right two receivers can make it happen and that's it's there's other programs that have done it so it's not just them but um loved what i saw from david bell you know, on the field, loved his stats. On first and 10 plus, he had 57 targets, 40 receptions, 537 receiving yards, and two touchdowns accounted for 17 first downs. So we always say this, right? Those top targets, those top talents out on the programs, um, first and 10 is where they get targeted early, often, and all the time, right? So um, he made it happen. He got it done. Absolutely loved seeing that. The question I'm going to have for Purdue is I hope – the question is who's going to be their starting quarterback is ultimately the question. I hope they don't pull a TCU, right? Because I went and looked at it. So Jake Plummer, he played weeks three and then he played weeks five through 10. Is that Jake? Is that Jake Plummer's son? Isn't it? I didn't look into it, but oh. I assume, I just assumed yes. I should have looked into it. So I don't know, but I assumed yes, because the name is very close and the last name obviously matches. But um, the other quarterback they had um, Aiden O'Connell, um, he played week six and then nine through 11, and then he played 13 and 14 as well. They had almost identical stats, not quite. J uh, Jack Plummer, he had uh, over 1,600 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. O'Connell had um, almost 1,100 passing yards, eight touchdowns, and five interceptions. So it's kind of like they played about the same amount of time. And then they had a senior quarterback. I forgot his name, but it was kind of the same same situation, right? They all had almost the same amount of stats. So to me, you, you've got to find that one quarterback, right? It's it's the chemistry. That's huge on the high school, college, professional level, no matter where you're at. That's huge. you got to build that chemistry. So I'm hoping they narrow it down to one receiver. Um, Plummer's is going to be a sophomore. O'Connell's going to be a junior. And then, like I said, that other quarterback, I forgot his name, but he was a senior last year, so he's out. Um, so it's just one of those where I hope they they can you know narrow it down to one one quarterback. 
But David Bell amongst himself, looking. Um, let me scroll over because my computer's not working now. There we go. We're talking. Um, yeah, in the 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 red zone, he had 23 targets inside the red zone, 14 receptions, 101 yards, and five receiving touchdowns inside the red zone. So they use him in the red zone. They use him outside of the red zone. Even um, he had 73 catches um, outside the red zone for two touchdowns. So I love to see that they do get him the ball in the rushing aspect. Not a lot, right? He, he's not necessarily a focal point in that, but they get him some, some touches in the, the aspect of running it three attempts, 12 yards. And he did have a rushing touchdown. So you got to love seeing that when you look at his touches by yardage, um, he had uh, 49 touches that went for eight yards or more. That's 54.4% of his total touches that go for eight yards or more. So that's just absolutely a phenomenal number to see. When you look at his 21 plus yards, he had 14 touches. Um, that's 15.6% of his total touches going for 21 yards or more. So he's one that can get it done, you know, on the big play aspect of it, but he can also get it done in those short yardage when you need those first downs. Um, I absolutely love seeing that accounted for 45 first downs coming from a receiver. Um, you don't see necessarily that number as high, you know, as a running back and obviously not as much as a quarterback because they're, they're involved way, way more. But um, those are numbers that I absolutely love to see. So for me, biggest thing is going to be Purdue just kind of figuring out their quarterback situation. Um, hopefully they get one and stick with them and don't pull a TCU um, to where it's just, you know, one half it's this guy, the next half it's another guy. And then, oh, let's change it to another guy next week. It's it's just it's it's confusing. It uh, it hurts the chemistry of the team, especially on the offensive side. So I definitely think they need to narrow it down to one guy. But um, seeing a healthy Rondell Moore, we've seen what he can do, and then obviously having David Bell David Bell on the field as well. I think they're going to be a scary scary duo, and I think they're only going to help each other, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. And again, a scary thought to think about because they've both put up thousand plus. Um, you know, receiving yards because Rondell Moore's 2018 stats, he had 1,100 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, 44 first downs. So it's kind of like they're putting up similar numbers. So they've got the abilities and they're going to help each other out. Rondell Moore is definitely a little bit smaller of a guy. I think he's what, five, nine, five, ten yeah. range. Um, so David Bell's a little bit taller. So they're playing different aspects of the field, but they're going to help each other out. So David Bell, he's not a, a hidden name. You know, we've, we've talked about him. Others have talked about him via Twitter, but he's definitely a guy to, to keep an eye on, um, watch some film when you can. And I absolutely love David Bell. I got him in our, uh, our Devi league, right? He was one guy that I was really targeting that I wanted to go after. And I don't remember the cost I got him. I think it, of course, kept getting bid up and up, but, um, but I got him, you know, I'm happy about that. So definitely gonna be excited to see what, what they do on the field with him this year. Yeah. Dude's talented. And if they can get a consistent quarterback, man, they're going to be deadly. That quarterback's only going to enhance himself. Mm -hmm. right? They're only going to enhance their stock if they can get these two guys the ball consistently week in and week out. The guy I'm going to talk about is Chris Olive. Um, not Olive like I wanted to say, but Stoopsie <laughs> on the air, so he said that I had to say it right. Uh, 6'1", 185, three-star prospect. I The more I watch – okay, so I did a lot of film study on Justin Fields this week. Okay, I was watching a lot of Justin Fields. And just like whenever you watch your quarterback, you're seeing him throw to receivers. And there's so much to like about Alive that really makes me happy. Last season, 73 targets, 49 catches, 849 yards, 12 touchdowns, 17.3 yards per catch, 24% uh, dominator rating, which led the team last year, which is impressive enough um, considering the other guys around him. 33 of his 49 targets resulted into first downs. Austin Mack, KJ Hill, um, Benjamin Victor are all gone now. Okay, Every single one of them is gone. That's 166 targets 
That's 118 catches up for grabs right now. Obviously, he's not going to get all of those, but I'm just saying he was second in the team in targets already without these guys with, with these guys on the on the team. Now you take J.K. Dobbins out of the mix as well. Fields is going to throw the ball a little bit more, I think, this year than he did in years past. I understand they have Teague, and I know they have uh, Sermon coming in as well, but I still think that they're going to try to showcase Fields a little bit more because this is his year. This is mm-hmm. his time to shine. This is his time to you know, put his name in the ranks of some of the best quarterbacks heading into this draft class, which I truly think that he is. But he also possesses amazing hands. His hands are truly amazing. And then the fields put the ball up in the air. And Olive, he every single time he just came down with the ball. It's just who he is. His route running is is beautiful to watch. His footwork off the line is very nice. Um, I, I mentioned to this to you off the air, but I didn't realize that Brian Hartline, you know, the former receiver, is turning Ohio State into like you know wide receiver you out there. Um, Listening to Hartline talk about Olive, he said that there's not a single guy on that team that works harder to get better at his position than he does, Olive is. And he works harder and harder at getting better and better. And the funny thing about it is listening to him talk about him, and then I watched the interview. Olive said he wants to win the Heisman. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the best player in college football. He wants to be one of the first players taken off the board in the draft. That's the kind of attitude that you want out of your guys, right? So big-time receiver. Okay, so wide receiver, uh, we, we look into their uh, statistics against opponents, right, versus top 25 opponents last year, 19 catches, 349 yards, five touchdowns, okay? Digging deeper into his stats, this, this is only going to get crazier as you, you listen to these guys. 25% of his catches went for 21 or uh, more yards. 46% of those catches went for touchdowns. 49% of his catches total went for 14 or more yards. And then 78% of his total catches on the season went for eight or more yards. So you're thinking 70, you know, what one in almost eight times he's catching the ball, he's getting eight or more yards with the, with the football, right? And uh, 13 games in 2019, he scored touchdowns in nine of them, including three multi-touchdown games. You know, for a guy that's 6'1", his red zone capability is second to none. It's beautiful. Ten catches with eight of them converting for touchdowns. That to me is insane, right? You think when you hear stats like that, you're thinking, all right, I've got a six three, six four, maybe even a six five receiver that's in the red zone, big body. But that's not that's not him. Six, you know, Olive is six one, one eighty five. I would like to say I would like to see this man put on a little bit of weight just because at 6'1", he's not really that beefy. And I really think that he will. I think he'll put on another 10 pounds before he comes out next year, which wouldn't really surprise me um, at all. So uh, digging deeper into the red zone stats, he on, on third and goal, he had two catches, both for touchdown. Again, that's clutch. That's clutch stats right there. You know what I mean? In the red zone, it's clutch. Fields looked for Levi consistently on first and 46% of his catches came on first and 10. Another beautiful stat to think about. Um, over 57% of his targets thrown to him last year went for 10 plus yards beyond the line of scrimmage and had two or more steps of separation on the cornerback, which led both the country and was 23% points higher than the average in college football last year. That to me is impressive. Folks, 57% of his targets were thrown 10 plus yards beyond the line of scrimmage. But not just that, he had two or more steps of separation on the cornerback that was covering. Again, that shows his capability of being a next-level wide receiver. This guy's slowly creeping up draft boards. He's slowly creeping up my draft board. 
because as I'm watching him play, this kid is good. And I really feel like with 166 targets out the door, even if at 73 targets last year, I still think it, even at 73 targets at 17 catches per, we're going to see Alive. He could go, he should be over a thousand yards this year, obviously, right? I think he hits double digit touchdowns again, right? But the fact of the matter is this, it, it's, it's ripe for the picking for him to have another solid season. There's one little tidbit that I want to leave you with on Alive before I'm done talking about him, but this is crazy. I didn't, I, I you find random tidbits about him, but. Last year, Alita actually blocked a punt, and it was returned for a touchdown last year. So he didn't return it, but he blocked a punt last year. Again, shows his ability uh, to be a playmaker on the football field. So I I loved it. I love seeing little small stuff like that out of wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? Blocking a punt, first off, is not easy, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when you're playing Madden. I can never make it happen. Yeah, no. is, is so, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I know we're talking about Madden, but I'm just throwing that out there that I've never been good at blocking punt. So it's hard to imagine doing it in real life. But um, I love Olive. I think that he's super talented. I think that he's going to be next level. I think he's going to be one of the first three or four receivers taken off the board as long as this year goes as projected for him. Yeah, and he's definitely a guy that that – Obviously, you know, Matt Bruning, he's, he's been one that really talks him up, but um, that's for obvious reasons. Um, but he's a guy that, that definitely should be talked about more, right? You know, you, yeah. obviously we dig a little bit deeper into the, the, the Debbie aspect of it to where we're talking about, you know, lower class guys per se, but now he's going to become draft eligible. He's going to be able to, or he is draft eligible, but he's, he's going to make it happen. Um, I'm just excited to see what the Ohio state offense does as a whole. They've got so many weapons that I think that's going to open up him as well. Um, which is again, kind of that aspect where I was talking about, right. Where it's the more weapons you have, the more that these guys are going to be, um, open or at least not double covered, not triple covered, anything like that. So they're gonna have to account for some other options. So yeah, I'm excited to see what they do in that offense. All right. So you kind of, uh, spoiled it a little bit earlier, which is fine, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about the fan pick this week, which I think he won by a massive landslide of like over 70% of the vote, which it was kind of funny because I really, really was kind of excited to talk about uh, some of these other guys that were mentioned. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look look at the poll real quick. Um, I was going to try to butcher these names live on the air for you guys. Um, But we were going to try to talk about uh, WAP Fillior and then Josh Imatuber Bebe. I love, I I love how to say that. That's how you say his name. It's, Immature baby, and I'm like, this is the greatest name ever. Like, I can we just talk? And I felt the need to m- mention his name at least six times before we start talking about Bateman, who got 74% of our um vote. So, go ahead and start off with some Bateman stats for these guys, yeah. And we we expected it to happen, right? You know, when we put his name in there, we we expected it to happen, but yeah, Rashad Bateman's the guy we're going to talk about. Um, he was a four star prospect coming out of high school, he was 367th ranked player in his class, um, 61st ranked wide receiver, and 40th ranked player in Georgia. So, that to me is just for what he has came out and done, it's just crazy to see. And we see it all the time, right? Some lower, lower ranked guys come out and just fit in. The, we always talk about it picking the right school right? It, it seems as if he's done that. And obviously with some of the hires and that coaching staff, that kind of changed the landscape of the program in a good way. So um, definitely love seeing that there, but he's 6'2", 210 as well. Um, love the size. I love what he's able to do on the field. 
uh, looking into his stats a little bit. So freshman season, uh, 49 receptions, 670 yards, six touchdowns, 21 first downs. This most recent season um, took a huge, huge jump, right? He had 60 receptions for 1,219 receiving yards and 11 receiving touchdowns, 42 first downs. When you look at the red zone production, um, he doesn't necessarily have as many targets as some other guys, but his catch percentage is pretty phenomenal. 13 targets, 9 receptions, 69.2% there, 108 yards, 6 touchdowns inside the red zone. Absolutely loved seeing that, and that's just from last season. When you look at the total for his career, 23 targets, 13 receptions, 135 yards for 9 receiving touchdowns. So he's definitely someone that is used inside the red zone. They definitely get him the ball wherever they can and definitely whenever they need them most, right? So that's something you love to see. This is a number, and I look at it for everybody, right? Running backs and receivers, but the touches by yards. Normally, you know, you'll see it, you know, kind of one way or the other, whether it's, you know, short yardage or or um, deep plays. One thing I found absolutely insane, so I'm going through and clicking in the numbers, right? So I'm just going to, negative, he had one touch. Zero to three, one yeah. touch. Four to seven, four touches. That's six touches of seven yards or less. So therefore, 54 of his touches, which is 90%, went for eight yards or more, right? We usually see that number in the 40 to 60 range, let's call it. And we're kind of like, man, that's phenomenal. 90% of his touches went for eight yards or more. 20 of his touches, which is 33.3%, um, have gone for 21 yards or more. And basically of his um, of his touchdowns, 10 of 11 of his touchdowns from this recent season went for eight yards or more. And five of those went for 21 yards or more. So he just, he, he's kind of do it all right. You know what I mean? He, he, I still would call eight yards essentially close to that short yardage gain because it may not get you a first down, but it obviously can keep a drive going and get you those first downs. So I absolutely love seeing that. When you look at his down and distance performance, first and 10, he saw 83 targets. That's that's huge. That's phenomenal. 51 receptions, 901 yards for four, uh, four touchdowns and accounted for 31 first downs on first and 10 plus. That's huge. You go to second and 10 plus, right? 23 targets, 18 receptions, 313 yards, two receiving touchdowns. For 11 first downs, he's just, he's targeted on those key downs, right? So even on third and 10 plus 18 targets, 10 receptions, 245 yards and three touchdowns. So it's just numbers like that, that I absolutely love to see when you look at his big game performances, just as a whole, um, he had one, two, three, four, five games where he had over a hundred yards here. All of them, he had a, had a receiving touchdown. South Dakota State, 132 yards, one touchdown. Fresno State, 105, one touchdown. Purdue, 177, two touchdowns. Penn State, 203, one touchdown. Wisconsin, 147, one touchdown. So those are some huge, huge numbers that you love to see. And one thing that that I I watched the um, it was the uh, the Penn State game. I was watching that before we jumped on. He been and this is kind of where I'm saying those two receivers, right? Having two top-notch receivers benefits both players. He benefited massively from Tyler Johnson, right? So there was one play. Um, the knowledge and awareness of Tyler Johnson. So basically the safety was playing. I'm sorry, the corner. The corner was playing in press coverage on Johnson, but therefore then he blitzed. So I say press coverage, right? Because it was a blitz from him all the time. But Johnson recognized that, drops back. So therefore, the corner that is covering Bateman has to drop and get Johnson. The safety was late and Bateman was wide open, 66-yard touchdown, right? So it's stuff like that where you look at it as a whole, right? Okay, cool. Uh, Rashad Bateman had a 66-yard touchdown, 
But when you watch the film, you see how that transpired. And the fact that Tanner Morgan recognized all of that immediately, and the running back picked up the blitz. So that was huge, right? Given the quarterback his protection. But he was able to recognize that the corner drops down to Johnson, therefore Bateman's open, 66 yards, he's gone, right? So you got to love seeing that. He creates separation at the line very well. He's got his... um. He's got his little moves, his hesitations, but whenever he makes his cuts, he's very aggressive with it. So therefore he creates that separation and he gets open for his quarterback. And I love seeing that. Um, he's very clean out of his breaks. And like I said, he's aggressive with his cuts. Um, and then even with Johnson leaving, um, the good thing with watching um, a couple of his game films is that Tanner Morgan trusts him big time, right? He throws him those 50-50 balls because he's, he's confident that more often than not, he is going to come down with the ball, whether it be a reception or hell, even if it's a, a deflection, right? It, it makes no difference. He trusts Bateman. He's going to get him the ball. I think he's going to definitely excel big, big time. He's going to have huge targets, right? He's okay. going to have a massive amount of targets this year. We've talked about that before. Um, the biggest thing that I want to see is what receiver is going to step up right? There's got to be a second receiver there because when there isn't, yes, Bateman is going to get double covered. They're going to really focus on him. That's going to be huge to see. Um, but I think in this Minnesota offense, I think that they are able to scheme things around certain players and they're going to create those, those plays. Um, I know that a lot of teams have started, you know, doing like pick plays per se. Obviously you, you can't do a pick like in basketball, can't go that route with it. But at the same time, you, 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 you nudge, you do whatever to get guys open. So we just want to see someone definitely step up and, and create, you know, some separation um, to where other guys can get involved. And Bateman's not the focal point of that offense as much. He obviously still will be because he's a stud, right? They're going to focus on him. But um, I just want to see someone else step up. And I think the him and Tanner Morgan, again, I think it's just going to be a, another amazing season. Bateman's going to be one of the top guys in these Debbie leagues, right? Um, whenever it comes to rookie draft time, I think he's going to be one of the top wide receivers taken in all the rookie drafts. Um, I think even in the NFL draft, he could be one of those guys that's that's highly talked about. He's going to be on a lot of people's draft boards high, very high. Um that's just a couple things I got on them. You know, watching the film, the Penn State game is what really stood out to me. I loved uh, loved what I saw in that one play, like I said, where, where Johnson created that that open form and Morgan recognized it. So I love seeing that from him, though. Yeah, dude is insane. Like you touched on a, like a lot of the stuff that I that I had, but like the big thing was first off, there's two things that I noticed about this is first off, Tyler Johnson was a steal for the Bucks. Yeah, uh, you know I. Not only are you concerned with Godwin and Evans and Gronk in that offense, but Tyler Johnson low-key might get 30, 40 catches this year and kind of be an under-the-radar guy that's available in your later draft. Like, there's he's just non-existent, you know, fourth, fifth round. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's mm-hmm. going to be in that back part of the draft. And you got to think outside just next season, right? Tyler Johnson's going to be productive for years to come. I know that we're not talking about him, but I just felt like I needed to touch on that. That's 113 targets that are going to be gone this year from Minnesota. To me, I think the big thing with Bateman is going to be with a lot of some of these other guys. Johnson's gone. He's going to have to step up and showcase he can do it by himself, like you said. But at the same time, somebody else is going to have to step up and kind of get him the football. Um, Morgan and him have that great chemistry. I liked what I saw on tape between those two. Um, I do think you're right. They're going to move him all over the football field. They're going to have to get him the ball. If they're going to be consistent and they're going to be good again this year, they're going to have to put the ball in this man's hands. He's going to have to have a hundred plus targets this year, right? Uh, big time playmaker, like you said, that big game against a Penn State seven for two hundred three. Like wow, like I'm sitting there watching everything he was doing. It was just like 
this is an NFL receiver, right? You know what I mean? And that's what you saw a lot of it. Third and three percent of the catches over 21 yards. That's amazing. Thing. I saw when you started talking about that, I was like, can you 90% of his it's crazy catches went for eight or more yards. Every, that means one, I mean, nine out of every 10 catches, this man catch the ball went for almost a first down, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like four more yards. Like that to me was one insane stats, eight games, four plus catches. Um, and you got to remember, he's producing at a high level with another receiver that had more targets than he did last mm-hmm. year. 60 catches, 12, 19, 11 touchdowns last year. He averaged 20.3 yards a catch, guys. 20.3 yards a catch and his stats year over year. And if you look at him, he had a lot of good stats the year before, right? In 2018, I think it was. So he had nine more catches, only nine, same amount of games from 2018 to 2019, 13 games, only nine more catches, but he had 515 more yards from 2018 to 2019. So he averaged almost seven more yards a catch within 2019 than he did in 2018, which is impressive all in itself. 11 touchdown catches. He upgraded his touchdowns from five. Um, this speaks to, again, and and I spoke a little bit about this early on, but this wide receiver class is going to be mm-hmm. better than this year's. And it's crazy to think about because this year's is very, very good. It's very, very deep. But if you're talking about Chase, you're talking about Ross, you're talking about Moore, you're talking about Bateman, you're talking about Surratt, you're talking about St. Brown, Devontae Smith, Tylen Wallace, um, Tamar Terry, Terrence Marshall, Trevon Grimes, Tyler Vaughn, Chris Olive. We're still like, that's almost 15 guys deep, right? This team, and that's not even, okay, so that's the 15 guys, right? I was just, I'm, I literally just read off your top 15 guys, right, on your, on your, on your board. If you read those guys off, and that does not even account for anybody that has a breakout season this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Like when we do some of these rankings, there's going to be a Joe Burrow this year, right? There's going to, no, it might not be to the level of Joe Burrow, but there's somebody that's going to break out this year that we're not talking about. And if that guy breaks out, his receiver is probably going to break out. His running back might break out. You know what I mean? You have these other, if you look at LSU's almost entire team was drafted last year, you know, or this year, you know what I'm saying? Like, Clyde Edwards Hilaire came out, he got drafted. You know what I mean? Everybody mm-hmm. around Burrow got drafted. The offensive lineman got drafted. Everybody's getting drafted. So there's going to be other guys that step up to the plate. But we're talking about, I'm talking Chris Olive versus not even in your top 15. I think Chris Olive is a, a, a wide receiver one in this draft class. So it's interesting to see that. But at the same time, it's still early in the process. I understand. But I'm just going off your ranks, top 15. But that just shows the depth of this class. The more we dig deep, the more these guys are going to fluctuate into our rankings. But at the initial ranking of our class, top 15, he's not there. Alive is talented enough to be in that top six or seven, in my opinion. And and as we watch him and as as he grows this season, he can move up. And there's other guys that can move up. This class is insane. I think Rashad Bateman is talented, man. He is, oh, God, he is so good. He's so great. And he's one of those guys, I, I feel the same way about Chase. I feel the same way about Marshall. I'm not saying LSU is going to take a huge step back this year, but I think they do. I don't think they're going to be on the same level as they were last year. They lost way too much talent to be as good. You know, coach is going to have him, you know, is going to have him coaching up. But at the same time, like that team was one of those once in a lifetime teams. Mm -hmm. 
when you talk about next year's Jets. Oh, well, Jamar Chase only had 30 catches for 600 yards last year. It's like, well, go back to that 2019 tape. Take a look at that, and it shows you how good Chase is. It shows you how good Marshall is. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a crazy season. I'm very, very excited about it. When we talked about these receivers, it, it's we're going to be talking about Olive. We're going to be talking about Bateman. We're going to be talking about more. We're going to talk about these guys quite often between mm-hmm. now and and next, you know, February and March. So it's rather exciting to talk about. Yeah, for sure. There's it's and like you said, there's going to be those guys that that jump out but jump out of nowhere. Like even even for us, like yeah, we got on you know the the train earlier. But like AGG, for example, he was a guy that wasn't in necessarily our rankings, and then the more we started digging in, you know, the more we. <laughs> saw on him and uh, it went from there. So yeah, uh, currently Bateman for me, he's one of the top guys coming to this class. Um, but at the same time, like there's going to be other guys who, who do jump in that we don't necessarily have right now that we're not talking about. And we'll start digging deeper into that and find out who those guys are and, you know, watch some film and go that route. But yeah, this season, um, it sounds as if um, in some fashion, there will be college football. Um, as well as NFL, whether it be, again, you've said it before, no fans, little fans. I've even seen, um, this is kind of going off a little bit, but I've even seen where some people are saying only let the students go, right? Because a lot of these stadiums hold 70 to 100 plus thousand people, but like the student body, like even if you let them in and spread them out, you're still talking 15, 20,000 students plus, right? You know what I mean? So have some form of of a, a fan base, but they're still spread out and who knows if they even do that, right? I, I know that it's all about it's all about money, but at the same time, you got to look into the health aspect of it. But anyway, off of that, um, hopefully, you know, it sounds as if we're going to have a football season in some fashion. So definitely, definitely want to see what we got going in here. I think the incoming freshmen, and we keep saying this even about the rookies, they're going to be the ones that that probably hurt the most from this because they're not able to get onto the field um, or the practice field with their guys sooner about whenever they really could. So we'll see, we'll see, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I saw somebody post, and I wish I could give them credit for this, but mm-hmm. they said the rookies from this year are going to have a down year. So come next draft, you're probably going to be able to buy some of these guys at a lower price, not remembering why the rookies had a bad year heading into the 2020 uh, NFL season, right? Yep. If let's just, let's just throw it out there and say, all right, J.K. Dobbins has 200 yards rushing this year. Well, was it because he only had 200 yards rushing because they only had a short amount of time to fit him into the system, you know, or, or Herbert or something? You're going to be able to buy low on some of these rookies from this upcoming or from this class right now next year because of people are quick to forget how often um, some of these stats go by. So, all right, folks, head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. All the stats that we talk about each and every week come from that website. It's a great um a tool to unlock advanced statistics like never before it's pretty exciting head on over i've got my first piece up at ccsscouting.com i give you my uh, uh valero top 10 2020 quarterback ratings super early um head on over there give him a follow on twitter at ccs scouting or cc at cc scouting give stoops a follow at stoops 1990 give myself a follow at ricky blair underscore give the show a follow at the debbie delight um it's been great it's been fun and until next time we'll talk to you guys later see y'all later For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.